0: Lewis and Adrian us Hi, welcome back, everybody, to Sports Talk as uh, we get rolling here on a Tuesday afternoon. Along with Adrian Broaddus, I'm Steve Kaplowitz. We've got a special guest here today. In fact, I, I feel like am I pranking him Adrian when he's using his, his he's using the farthest microphone in the studio and he's stretching his headphone cord all the way through our console of the remote board. I almost feel like this is like an instant
1: prank for
0: our, uh, our our special show host of the day today.
1: Yeah, I think so, too. In fact, uh, he looked uh, more nervous than both you and I while we were starting the show off here. Actually, he looks pretty nervous right now, Steve. So we got to make him comfortable. Uh, we're excited that he's here as a guest host. This is obviously something that we uh, collaborated with, uh, with the a a All The Way charity softball game and their foundation, the Aaron and Alvin Jones Foundation. Yep. Uh we we allowed people to bid on a guest host opportunity for sports talk today. Uh it took a couple months, but September twenty sixth we're here and we've got a celebrity guest host. We do. And by the way,
0: Esteban won the prize. Let me just say this Esteban bid on the hosting with the intention of gifting it to his good pal Jaime Arieta, otherwise known as Pinky. Um, who apparently, now our deal was we wanted the two of them to show up together. But I am convinced that even though even though Esteban told you last night he was coming, he had no intentions whatsoever of, of being here today for uh, this particular appearance, which is disappointing, but at the same time, Pinky gets to enjoy
2: the chance to, to host the show. And he's with us right now to begin things. Uh, congratulations. How are you? Fine, fine. Thank you very much for this opportunity. Of course, thank you to the A&A All the Way Foundation, to 600 ESPN El Paso, to Esteban for uh, giving me this opportunity and to say hello to everybody in El Paso and the Southwest area. Well, you've been calling into this show forever. You've been... Uh, one of our biggest advocates
0: for our 600 ES Piano Paso mobile app. You're always on there. And now you get a chance to see what it's like on our side of the, uh, of the building as opposed to listening on the app. By the way, from the audio standpoint, sounds the same, doesn't it, as
2: what you're used to listening every afternoon? Of course. It's nice and clear and, and with a very little background and everything. Excellent. Excellent. So, um, do you have a lot
0: planned today as the host of sports talk because since you get to sit in with us on this show, I want to kind of let you formulate what we're going to talk about in our first hour of the program do you have you have you planned any of this out? Or simply put, did you
2: expect to just come here, say a few words, and and uh, and kind of wing it like we do? What was your what's your game plan? Oh, winging it, of course. You know, you don't know what the callers are going to come and call, and uh, what subjects come up. But before I go anywhere, I want to give my condolences to Jimmy Rogers and the family. Yep, and to the Sun Bowl Association and then their family. Jimmy Rogers was an ambassador for El Paso and the Sun Bowl. Thank you very much, Jimmy. Oh, Jimmy was one of the all-time greats. And you're getting emotional to start the show.
0: <laughs> you always, let me tell you something, you always get emotional. And listen, no doubt, Jimmy Rogers, one of the all-time greats, is simply put, um, as classy as it gets. And really, Mr. Sunbowl is what we knew him because of his relationship with that game and, and CBS all
2: these years. Jimmy Rogers is a legend, and he's a Sunbowl legend. How many of you can say that you've seen so many college football teams come to El Paso and play. Not only the, them, but the fans, the fans that come from out of town, and right. then they, they they say, man, this is a great place. You guys are really nice, and we enjoy coming over here. You know, that's a tribute to Jimmy Rogers and the Summall Association. No, you're right. Um, I
0: also would like to express condolences uh, to the Partridge family mm. on the passing of uh Elsie Partridge, the former athletic director for EPISD, mm-hmm. wife of former athletic director of YISD, JD Partridge. JD Partridge. Yep, passed away Friday, September the eighth. So. Uh, again, you think about that. We, we lost Elsie, who was another great influence in the El Paso sports uh, area, um, serving the community for over 40 years. So between Elsie Partridge and um, and, and Jimmy Rogers, it's been a, been a, been a tough time for us uh,
2: hearing the news of a couple of legends, greats uh, that have both passed on this month. Of course, if you're an El Paso uh, sports fan as much as we are and, and know what these gentlemen and this lady had done for the sports scene, it's just awesome. How emotional are you going to be today? Uh, will you? I be, think it's over. Is it? Is it? <laughs> because I know. I mean, I talk to you a lot on the phone, and when we do, you do get emotional. That's, yeah, you, they, you've they, got they, a sensitive these, side to you. These Pinky. people have done so much for El Paso, and uh, a lot of people don't realize it, but as much as I've been involved in being in the military and going to other places, and people mentioned the Sun Bowl, yeah. you have to give them credit. Now let's tell everybody tell everybody a little bit about yourself because they
0: know you as either um, you know Pinky from Santa Teresa, Jaime from Alamogordo, Pinky from Alamogordo, the man who wears the New Mexico license plates at UTEP games and has his Adieta Giants jerseys at Chihuahua's games. But why don't you tell everybody a little bit more about you, other than uh, you know Pinky the caller? Uh, what what
2: you know what what your life has been like uh, you know leading up to now? Um I've reached a point in my life where I thought it was I was never going to get first of all uh I was born and raised in Socorro went to Socorro High School was with the fourth graduating class in 1971 I was one of first eight graduate male graduates that picked the colors and the mascot for Socorro And then after a couple of years, after Socorro, I joined the Air Force. And luckily, I was stationed at Holloman, which is just an hour and a half away. And uh, I got the chance to come home and and see UTEP and see Socorro and see high school sports going on around here. And back in those days, a lot of El Paso schools would go to Alamogordo and play a lot of sports. So there and retired from the Air Force, stayed in Alamogordo. I got a job for the Air Force before I retired. And uh, I stayed there for another whatever years. And my wife finally retired. She was at Civil Service at White Sands and Holloman. And she's also from Socorro, class of 73. I'm 71. So we have a lot of history with Socorro. And uh, the, his, her parents still live there. All of my family have moved out and gone on their separate ways and, and they're, uh, away from Socorro. So. And uh, my daughter bought a house in Santa Teresa and she said, Come on. So we came. Night. Nice. How many kids and grandkids? Uh, two kids. Daughter Raquel, 40. Eight? Oh, thank you, Raquel. I hope you're, li- I hope you're listening. So you're, hey, well, we just gave out your age on the radio. Okay. That's good. And my son, Jaime Jr., he's 47. And uh, both great kids. You couldn't ask for anyone better. My wife, well, uh, she's my wife. 48 years being married. That's awesome. Congratulations. Uh, I know. You're getting emotional
0: again. Oh, yeah, but, yeah, yeah of course. I know. Yeah. Anytime you talk about your family, guaranteed,
2: guaranteed, you're gonna get emotional oh of course I I've gone through a lot in life, and I don't know if somebody's taking care of me. I've been places all over the world and I've seen a lot of things that people won't see and experience and uh, I've made it safely back every time thank you for thank you first off for your service oh all the years it's pleasure you, you, it's an honor you defended us um
0: what is the the one highlight like you had to pick one place that you've uh,
2: either visited or stationed at over all these years what would the one what would your one highlight be i couldn't really answer that because there's so many in the states and so many overseas and uh, Canada uh, I would have to really put it down to the minimum was uh, the Philippines uh, I was there when Billy Joel made a concert there when right before the Gulf war the day before the Gulf War started and an attacked Baghdad mm-hmm. Billy Joel was there and gave us a concert and I was his personal bodyguard and I have pictures with him and and then the next day the Gulf War started and of course a couple of months later, Uh, volcano Mount Pinatubo erupted and destroyed everything and I had never seen the earth roll until the volcano started doing all these earthquakes and I guess that's one thing that I tell everybody so you all don't know what the experience is that I I have and had just going to places in the air force
0: I think that's beautiful and Um. I'm
2: just a little kid just like my brothers and sisters a little kid from the cut in the alfalfa fields of Socorro did you fly planes too Oh, no, my other brother, my older brother, Lieutenant Colonel Nati Arrieta. He was an F-111, which don't exist there, the pilot during uh, Vietnam. Wow. All right. So he runs in the family, you could say. Well, we, we honored our dad. Yeah. World War Two vet.
0: I know. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about stop about the family uh-huh. because I don't want I don't want this to become a I don't want this to become a tearjerker hour. I really don't. I I, I want you to it's,
2: it's, I want you it's to emotional because I know
0: I can tell Adrian's already
2: Adrian's already
1: listening no, to this. No, this is No knowing, awesome. knowing, hey, knowing how this is gonna go. You know what? Actually, I have no problem with the emotion, Pinky, because you love life and you experience life to the fullest. So I just this is feel just bad, just bad because I'm
0: getting I'm getting Pinky no, crying in the first seven <laughs> minutes. This of is the not show. like sad crying.
1: This is it's, not it's bad crying. This is like positive. This is a a good good cry. This is a good positive. And he's keeping it together. And for our listeners who don't see him, they're not seeing the tears. No, there's no tears.
0: They can can feel the tears. They can feel the tears. But it's true. Uh, You do have a ton of family pride. And I know how much it means to you. I mean, Familia to you is probably number
2: one when you talk about everything, isn't it? Familia is number one. <clears throat> Excuse me, and Socorro is number two. Okay, where does UTEP fall in that in that group? Right behind uh, Socorro. Actually, it should be above it because Socorro High School didn't exist until 1964. I was the first class. I had already been going to UTEP events before that.
0: So, so does UTEP, uh, Texas Western UTEP, rank ahead
2: of Socorro or no? Are they right behind in your in your world? I think they're right now. Uh, so. Well, I don't know. They're both not really doing really good in sports right now. And and I and I pull and I pray and I hope that the Bulldogs get it over the hump and start doing some real good things and and the, so the minors too. So right now it's dead even, I'd say. Uh this came in from Chad um Middleton
0: at Middle Fingerton. Yo Adrian, go get Jaime a box of tissues.
1: <laughs> I got you, man. I got my I got my hanky.
0: Do you have your hanky? Yeah. All right, that's that's good news. Hey, by the way, um, thank you yesterday for covering for me. Uh, oh. Uh. By the way, if there's another reason why you need to have the 600 ESPN Piano Pass a mobile app, this is the reason. Go figure. The one day Jaime is in the studio, we've got... EAS weather alerts, which have resurfaced for the first time in a while. So, Adrian, this is another thing we talk about all the time. If you have the app, you don't have to worry about the EAS alerts like we do right now.
1: Exactly right. More of the reason to download the free app and uh, (laughs) connect with us here on the show. I'm
0: going to have to give that message out again once the uh, weather alert is over. (laughs) But this uh, this is the truth, Jaime. This is what happens during the course of... Our radio show. I mean, we will sometimes get interrupted uh, during monsoon season and other weather by weather alerts like this. And unfortunately, unless you're listening on the app, you don't get to hear the show
2: because you're too busy with the EAS reports. That's one of the reasons I went to the app because I would get so angry because right in the middle, like you said, in the middle of a real good conversation, mm-hmm. all of a sudden there's thunderstorms.
0: Yeah. Are we done with the EAS alert right now? Is it finished or still going? Okay.
2: Uh, let me give this. Let me give
0: this little PSA again. If you would like to avoid the EAS alerts and not interrupt the show, which is Jaime's hour, download the 600 ES Piano Pass the mobile app. It's free. You get the studio version, and you don't have to worry about the EAS alerts like uh, you do on the radio. So it is a great way to have an uninterrupted listening experience like we have each and every day on the show. So, Adrian, uh, I know we've talked about the app. Uh, Pinky loves it. Now, all of you... Can listen because you don't want to miss any of Pinky. This next forty five minutes <laughs> can be very
2: special. We don't want to miss any of this, right? No,
1: you don't want to miss any of this, right here, Steve? Pinky,
2: I agree with you. You know, it's a it, once in a lifetime. Uh, even though I've done a couple of remotes with you in different places, real quick, one or two minutes. Mm-hmm. But this is just uh, amazing. You know, when I was growing up, I had a cocker spaniel named Pinky.
0: You want to know why it was that we named the dog, or the dog was named Pinky?
2: No, but when you're the dog tell was me. when the
0: dog was a little pup. Little pink spot on his nose. Oh, really? Hence, Pinky. Yeah, good. And as Pinky got older, the spot went away, but he he was still always known as Pinky because he had the pink he had the pink spot when he was little. That's so, great. yes, great story. different Pinky than you, but it's okay. <laughs> worked out worked out good. Is, was he a male? Was the dog a male? Yes, he was a male. Okay, good. You better believe it. <laughs> it. All right. Anyway, we got a lot in store today. We're giving away a pair of tickets to see Journey and Toto. Um, March 21st, out at the Pan Am Center in Las Cruces. I have a little mashup, but, Pinky, I'm going to be honest with you. I made this challenging because I did not go with the most well-known songs from Journey, meaning if you are a Journey fan, you should be able to get these uh, th- these songs in order. But even though I'm going to play about you know six, seven seconds of each song, I know that this might be a little difficult for some people. Of course. Now they have some awesome songs in all the albums. So. They do. But I went obscure. I want, I'm going after fans. because, okay. I, And not to say that you know anybody shouldn't have a chance to win, but if you are a Journey fan, I think you're going to enjoy this contest because it is a little challenging. I try to make it a little challenging. When the lights. That is not one of my songs. <laughs> but thank you. Thank you. All right. Uh, more with uh, Pinky. Uh, who is going to be our guest host for the first hour. But can you send us over to Charlie One with Traffic and kind of, you know, send us out as we get
2: ready to uh, get our first update of the day? Yes, sir. And now here's Charlie One for our first traffic update of the day. Take it away, Charlie. Friend of the
0: show, Jim Ward, uh, and his song, Electric Life. Had a chance to see Jim and his wife, Christine, this morning out at Eloise. Love those two. They are UTEP super fans, especially when it comes to basketball. We had a long basketball conversation, and Looking forward to both of them being at UTEP practice, which kicked off officially yesterday, Adrian, and excited about that. And you had uh, Joe Golding among your guests yesterday on the program.
1: Yeah, and uh, Joe Golding answered the question that is asked by every single fan that I see uh, out in the streets. When is the UTEP basketball schedule going to be released? Uh, He revealed yesterday that schedule is done. They are pending basically signatures on two contracts right now. I wouldn't be surprised if we get that schedule out by the end of this week. I wouldn't either. I'm excited about that. So hopefully the women came out
0: with their schedule today. So hopefully the men come out uh, with their schedule very soon. All right. Now, uh, Pinky is joining us today. He has been the, uh, the guest host for Sports Talk today. Thanks to the A&A All The Way Foundation Prize, which was won by his good pal Esteban, who unfortunately was not able to make it today, but giving <laughs> Pinky the opportunity to come in. Pinky showed up with his Socorro hat, his Utah polo, and uh, just ex- exactly what I was to expect from you and your Giants uh, insulated drinking mug. I like that. You're, you're, you're repping all your teams here on the
2: show today. I'm not repping one that I don't want to talk about either. No, everything you want to talk about every one of them, right? You do. Well, I do. About. But
0: now, let me ask you this: Okay, as guest host, um, would you like to talk about UTEP since you are a UTEP super fan and have been for
2: over fifty years? That would be good because that's uh, the main team in in the area, and, and everybody knows what UTEP does. They do. They do. All right. Um, so you tell me
0: one in four so far. Uh, and by the way, I I heard uh, yesterday's show a little bit. I heard. Augustine, call in. I saw the tweets. Adrian, um, if people want to blame uh, me for the season, that's fine. I did pick them nine and three. I will say it's the worst. Uh, it's my, it is my, my, my worst pick. I don't, uh, my radio career, but. I was as off on this team as I could have possibly been. I don't know how many games they're going to win. They could win one. They could win three. They could win five. I don't know. But they're not winning anywhere close to where I pegged them to win. And I could not have been more wrong. And the truth is, this was not to help sell tickets. This was not to help get them excited. I honestly believed that a team filled with players that won seven games two years ago, five games last year, all back with a with one last shot would put together a winnable schedule, a a win, you know, and 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 get a their best year they've ever had. And you want to know something? They're not going to be close. Um, this could uh, ultimately end up with a new coaching staff when it's all said and done. And uh, I was as 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 off as it gets, and I have no problem admitting that I completely whiffed on this season and this one.
1: You know, the interesting talking point yesterday that was brought up is, do you fire the coaching staff mid-season? Do you uh, already make the change mid-year and you rush to this? Or do you let the season play out? And you know what? The overwhelming majority of people were arguing that you do it now. I was shocked by that because I'm actually on the other side of that. I'm not necessarily a person who likes to see a change in your regime mid-season. I think that's a little drastic to do, and also – I mean, who are you going to have in place? Some other people were like, oh, we'll promote a coordinator. Which coordinator on this team?
0: The only coordinator on this, or the only coach on this staff, really, who you could make an honest, um, you know, argument for – Bradley Dale Pivato, mm-hmm. because of all the years he spent in the game, and I believe some of that might have been spent as an interim coach during the same exact situation. I don't think Aaron Price has ever been uh, a head coach in college. He has been in high school, but not in college. And really nobody else on this staff, to, to me, warrants that consideration. And and not only that, you're not going to find your next head coach until December at the earliest. So, you know what? Give him a chance. to See if they can salvage it. And if not then you could look into um you know a replacement if that is the case. Now, your thoughts on this because again, as our guest host, you and and a fan of UTEP for over 50 years and you call in a lot on this show about that and and message us on the app. I know
2: you're passionate about UTEP. You tell me what you think so far about the season. Well, first of all, I agree with all of you we now I mean with everything that was on the board with the returnees, the coaches, uh you figured that they would have a better season they did, but you watched the very first game against uh Jacksonville state, and uh you saw some situations that you not did not agree with that they were doing, and uh you just kind of like, "Oh no, here we go again." Here we go again and uh you know I feel bad for the the players cuz I know they're trying their best I know they're trying the hardest and I feel bad for the fans cuz the fans are like me we want them to win so bad that we are, um, are like looking forward to go to the games but then at times you go and you kind of like my god I just wasted 2 3 hours here yeah and yeah. Um, you know uh that's true some 4
0: hours or 5 hours, hours if you should, actually tailgate yeah. although at uh, least the tailgating can be, can be fun, unlike sometimes the, the games and the outcomes. Of course. Of By course. the way, Saturday when I went to the game, I got there late. I got to the game about 25 minutes into the game. You have no idea the hundreds upon hundreds of students that I saw going the opposite, opposite direction at, of the Sun Bowl after their tailgates nice. ended. It's almost like the students come to party,
2: and once the party ends, they want no part of going into that football game. Wow. Uh, do they still have those a uh, lot of tailgates on, on, uh, off the campus along the streets? Yes. Oh, wow. Yes. Because I used to park right down the street from there because we would stay late, too, and do uh, tailgating. But, but you probably go in to watch the game. Oh, of course I would go yeah. in. There's no doubt about that. And Adrian, then afterwards, this... we stay out there until about two, three in the morning. Yeah,
0: this group, this group was was going the other way, and I'm telling you, hundreds upon hundreds of students that were in, that had no interest in that football game,
2: even in the first quarter when it started. Do you think that it's um, different generations, different priorities in their lives, or, or you know, back in the day, and when I remember coming to go see the the minors with my oldest brother, I mean. Everybody went. Let's put it this way. Yes, there are a lot of distractions and yes, there are a lot of things
0: to do now. However, that being said, if the team was winning oh, that's... and it was the place to be, you better believe students with free tickets would take advantage of that. Okay? At least that's what I think. But when it's when they're not winning and it's not and, and even though they sold their thirty thousand tickets and congratulations to the Utah Athletic mm-hmm. Department for getting all those tickets sold for the game. But when they're not winning, as far as the students go, no, they are not. They're not diehards like you, like uh, like us. I mean, they they don't. They don't. Uh, they have no interest. And Adrian. This is this is not anything that's new. It's been going on for a while.
1: Yeah, that's a good point because when I was in school, it was the same thing. I mean, it was the majority of the students who went to the party, went to the bars, went to something else other than the UTEP game. Yeah. That was very popular to do. And I was, I mean, I graduated in 2019, so it's not like I graduated a long time ago. And I thought, so it's interesting. I saw people who had graduated in my, like, Instagram stories on Saturday. They were posting that they were out, also out at the studio. Student tailgates. So even though they've graduated, they moved on from school or whatever, they might not be even in school right now. They're still going to the student tailgates uh, because they might have some friends there, might have some younger friends, whatever it might be. But regardless, some of those people who go to those tailgates aren't even UTEP students.
0: I will say this. Gorgeous night, Saturday night. Oh, Some of the best weather I've seen. Um, you know, the football game, again, did not go UTEP's way. Defense let them down this time. Um, offense, you know, had their share of mistakes, but did put twenty eight points on the board, which normally would be enough to win a football game. But again, it's the kind of season it's been for UTEP. When the offense does click, the defense falls apart. When the defense holds them in, the offense can't score. I mean, that's just unfortunately when when you're when you're a, a, not a good football team at this point, like they're not.
2: They're not. I mean, you're one and four. You're not a good football team. These are the kind of things that happen. You know that's what we're all waiting for to see that that one game like last year against Boise State. Flip the switch. Flip the switch from went for one game, and then mm-hmm. afterwards the flip the switch went off. And you know, you as a as a fan and and want want to see them do good. You know, you want to go and see a good game and watch that complete game. And uh, that really hurts the fan fandom to to go because they don't know which team's going to show up. Do you believe that the season's lost five weeks into the year, or do you think they could still salvage things? Everything's possible. I mean, they 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 have to play one game at a time, and hopefully they they'll get together and and do the right things. But it's not over yet, to me. They they still have a long way to go. It's still, the season's still actually long. And uh, I give them the the I'm I'm optimistic, and I want them to succeed like everybody else. But I think the opportunities are all there right now, and, and hopefully they'll they'll come through for us and for themselves mostly.
0: All right, it's 4:30 uh, as we continue here on Sports Talk. You know what, you know what happens at the bottom of the hour, right? Uh, ESPN Sports Update by Adrian Broders. If you would like to get into the show and talk to a special Sports Talk host, uh, Pinky, that's uh, Jaime Arieta—who who is with us today. 505-6009 is our telephone number, 505-6009. You can also get in uh, via Twitter or X at 600 ESPN El Paso. Let me read some of the messages coming in. Esteban, who was supposed to be here today but no-showed, is listening to the program, and, uh, and he's... Uh, gets in on the action and says, Jaime never met my dad, but he was still crying at his funeral. Big crybaby like me." Wow, he does. He did really good. Then better than I thought. He does. Uh, Poncho with this one. UTEP football might get two more wins. They beat Sam Houston and maybe NMSU. Start giving play time to the backup quarterback and schedule an interview with Mac Leftwich. That is a name that has been brought up a lot. <laughs> and um, Adrian, I heard you talk about this yesterday on the show um, while I was uh, observing uh, the uh, Yom Kippur holiday. And uh, all I can tell you is this: um, when UTEP, when the time comes, whenever that is, okay. And I and I mean this very sincerely. I don't know if that's going to be now. If that's going to be after the year, if that's going to be next year or the year after, I don't know. But when the time comes and UTEP is looking for their next head coach, whatever the circumstance might be, I do hope they go for somebody that is young, a Power 5 coordinator, someone that would make this a stepping stone on their way to a bigger job, a Power 5 job. I feel like sometimes... UTEP is so adamant that they get somebody that will win and stay that they pursue coaches that are a little more seasoned, have been around a little longer and almost view this as kind of like their, their final stop on their coaching journey. And I wish that they would have somebody that can get in, win in two to four years, get out. And when they leave, The program is in a much better place than when they arrived. And then you grab one of their top coordinators and promote them or go hire the next big up and coming coach and do it with football the way they did it with basketball in the 2000s. Because if you remember, you had Billy Gillespie, Mm -hmm. Doc Sadler, Tony Barbie. Three of them. One goes to AM, one goes to Nebraska. Mm -hmm. One goes to Auburn, and the fact is, you know, I know when Tim Floyd was hired, the reaction fans were, oh, thank God, they finally hired a coach that wouldn't be looking to leave so quickly, but the truth is, leaving is not a bad thing as long as you leave with the program winning. That's, that should be what matters to people, winning. Forget the fact that you keep a coach here. Almost hire the coach and say, we hope you leave by winning.
2: That's the idea. You know, uh, Pinky, that was what I would say. A great example of that is Don Haskins. He stayed here for a long time, and everybody enjoyed the, of course, different different era. Different times, yes. Uh, He did what everything he did to to, uh, win, and he got some awesome recruits and everything. And uh, all of a sudden, he left, and we had to... Differently changed, and everybody was excited by the changes by Billy Gillespie, Doc Sadler, and Tony Barbie. And uh, I think what it was is that that they changed with the times because uh, of the way things are going. And right now in the football coaching, we're looking for some— I personally say get somebody younger, get somebody that will open up the offense and and use use their their weapons better. I mean— you watch the games, and this is my big critic about the games. They don't throw their running backs. They don't throw crossing patterns like we saw Colorado against Colorado State against Colorado. Their crossing pattern was just dynamite, almost beat uh, Colorado by that. Little things like that, you yeah. know. But, you know, it's third and five, and you throw a 30-yard pass. I don't understand that.
0: I can't, I can't answer that one either.
2: And by the way, Jason Rabideau is another one. I mean, oh,
0: I yeah. know that, um, you know, things are going downhill towards the end. But, uh, you know, young assistant coach with uh, Kelvin Sampson at the time who had a great uh, Oklahoma, um, you know, program. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, that was what Bob Stoll did. So you really can look at it and go from Rabideau, uh, who didn't really work out at the end, but still that was the idea, um, to Gillespie and Doc and and Barbie. There was a pattern there. I mean, mm-hmm. You know, the only one that, you know, when he
2: hired Tim Floyd, that was very much against anything Bob Stoll ever did as director of athletics at Utah. Correct, because uh, Jason Rabidou was so animated on the sidelines. Yes. Compared to Don Haskins, just get up and just give you that dirty look and have the, the, the uh, paper rolled up in his hand. That's true. Ready to take a phone call, your first call
0: of the show? Go ahead. Let's go to Jose. He joins us uh, as uh, we continue here on sports. I want you. Why don't you welcome
2: Jose to the program here, Pinky? Hey, w- welcome, Jose. How are you doing today, man?
3: I'm doing great. Thank you so much, Pinky. How are you guys doing?
2: Doing great. Thank you very much.
3: Thank you. Appreciate y'all's time, uh, uh, Steve. I, I'm right with you and and with Adrian, Pinky. You cannot in any way discredit what coach demo has done in his 30 plus years of coaching but these are different times we need a dynamic coach that is going to be an amazing recruiter you're going into student athletes homes talking to parents and it is a total totally different climate now in college athletics you need someone dynamic that is going to bring our fans back and 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 rejuvenate what do we have? We are a great division one university with a lot of resources, where if you look at even other subdivisions of college athletics, they are doing far more mm. with left. We cannot focus anymore on whether we should be invited to the Mountain West or some other division. What we need to do or conference is bring in a dynamic coach, as I mentioned, who is going to be a great recruiter. If he leaves in two or he or she in two, three years, that's fine. We need to deal with a different oh, type of coach athletics. So I just wanted to chime in on that.
0: Appreciate that. Now, uh, let me give our host of the show, uh, Jose uh, Pinky, a chance to uh, to respond to that. Go ahead, Pinky.
2: First of all, I, I agree with you 100%. I mean, we need to do some things that... that Maybe the coaches will have to change their game plan or their whatever. But let me ask you this question, Jose. What do you think about the transfer portal and the NIL? Do you think it's uh, affecting UTEP especially?
1: He's gone, unfortunately. Oh, we lost him. Uh, Okay. Okay. All right. No problem. Good
2: Good question. Good question.
0: I do believe that whoever, uh, when the time comes, whoever does become the next uh, head coach of this program will have to figure out uh, how to deal with a university that does not have an NIL yet. It's just in its infancy. It is not uh, near what most programs are. And uh, how to navigate with the transfer portal and some of the other things. That is a very, very good point. Very
2: accurate. Well, uh, and also, you you know, uh, compared to... What ten years ago? Yeah, uh, just in San Antonio, UTSA didn't really exist in football. True, but now you have all these universities around there that are getting all these students or athletes from uh, that area and across Texas. You like you have Texas State. You have Trinity, you have Incarnate Word, Mm -hmm. you have Texas Lutheran, you have uh, uh, UT, um, um, the one in in Curbill, Shriner College, and and stuff like that. And you have so many more universities, Yep. and they're going full-time. And you have so many junior colleges, too, that are doing all these other sports, and they're recruiting and taking a lot of athletes. True enough. Now, i got to give away a pair of tickets. Win it before you can buy it. Journey in Toto. Coming March
0: 21st. Uh, Pan Am Center in Las Cruces, super excited about this concert. Uh, I think it's going to be epic, and uh, just think that it's going to really rock the house. Uh, Again, the um, on-sale date will be Friday, September 29th, this Friday, 10 a.m. here in El Paso. We're going to be giving you a winner before you can buy it. Now, uh, Journey with Toto at the Pan Am Center, March 21st of next year. Here's the deal. I'm giving you three songs now. I need these three songs uh, by Journey identified in order of how they play. And the first caller through to 505-6009, it can identify all three of these songs, will win the tickets. And these are little clips. They go about six, seven seconds each. Here you go, folks. Good luck. Those kids then- There are your three songs. All right. uh, Good luck, everybody. 505-6009. First person who can identify all three will be going to the Journey Total Concert at the Pan Am Center uh, March the 21st. Come back with more right after this. Congratulations. We've got a Journey winner. Adrian, Enemy Win knew the answer. So impressive uh, with Adrian. The songs, in case you're wondering, well, the first one here... Those crazy nights. This is Stone in Love, in which is uh, a, a classic. Easy. I thought this would be a little difficult because this is more recent, Journey. It's Ask the Lonely. And then one of my favorites, City of the Angels... Those are the three songs we were looking for. Congratulations, Adrian. You're going to be going to the show, Journey in Toto. We'll do another pair tomorrow and the rest of the week. Win it before you can buy it. Uh, we lost one of the all-time greats, Brooks Robinson at the age of 86, Mr. Baltimore Oriole. Here is uh, Jim Palmer reflecting on the legacy of his former teammate.
4: I, you know, I don't think we're ever going to lose him. You're right. I mean, I'm uh, <laughs> not real good at this, but I looked at my phone. Now what? They're honoring me for 60 years. He got here in 1955. Yeah, and
1: never left. <laughs> yeah, I just
4: talked to to Boog, who came up to see him tomorrow. So, you know, uh, right before I got COVID, um, I went up to see Connie and, and Brooks and spent probably I don't know about an hour and a half with them. You know, we would trade phone calls. I'd call him, and two weeks later he'd get back to me. Yeah. But you know, you know, I got here when I was 19. Brooks got here when when you know 18, 1955. Yeah. So, we, I think maybe he always knew what it's like to be in the big leagues at 19. And wow. then I think when you get to the big leagues, you know, you got to get here, you got to stay here, you got to figure out how to get better. And then you got to decide who you want to be like. And for all of us, you know, who <laughs> knew, you know, we knew him, he was the best. So, um, you know, and just, you know, the little things. Uh, everywhere I'd go, you know, I'd, I'd get a Brooks, there'd be an autograph ball, and Brooks' name would be on it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I used to tell him, I said, "How oh, can you write, 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 write so big? Because it yeah. was a big city. But everywhere I'd go, people would go, God, we all know he's a great player. He won 16 gold gloves, but we also know um, what, how special a person he was. and
2: Great stuff, Jim Palmer reflecting on uh, the legacy of Brooks Robinson. I know he didn't say nothing that we didn't know already. For those of us like me that had a chance to see him uh, only on TV, but uh, the Baltimore Royal teams in those days they had such a great defensive team and the pitching. They had about five pitchers: McNally, uh, Cuellar, uh, and some other ones I can't remember off my top of my head. That, but Brooks Robinson was the anchor. He was. Uh, can you welcome in uh, Ray
0: uh, to our next to the show? Next caller, please.
2: Hello, Ray. How's it going, man? Hey, how you
5: guys doing? Here we are. I want to make a make a comment on the, what Dak and Micah Parsons said about the loss to the Cardinals. Uh, I, I think that's a little disrespectful. I mean, these guys are the pros. You're not playing Alabama against New Mexico State. You know where there's a discrepancy there. These guys are all the best of the best. That's why they're up there. So on any Sunday, any team can beat any team. You know, I mean, show a little bit of respect, you know, for, for a team that, like Arizona, that played their hearts out in order to beat you guys. You know, Micah Parsons saying that they played down to them. Come on. You just got beat. That's all there is to it. You know, and then people, the Cowboy fans, wonder why there's Cowboy haters out there. Uh, one more thing. Dion. Give him a couple of years, I mean, this is just he you know went in there the first time and he's just building up his team, just got a whole bunch of guys that just went in there. I mean, yeah, you might have taken advantage of him like like he said right now, but another two, three years when he actually gets that foundation set and a lot of the players that he really wants, although he got that's what he did this year, but when he gets more people and more players uh that he really wants uh they're gonna be tough I mean who knows how long he's going to last there before they come knocking on his door and offering some more money, whether it's a pros or a bigger school. But yeah, I mean, just give him a couple, a couple more years and, and then uh, he'll be the envy of the college football even more.
2: Appreciate you, Ray. Thanks for the call. Give me your take on Ray before we wrap up the hour. Um, Do you think, uh, Dion is using Colorado as a stepping stone. I don't. I mean, do you? I, think I don't think so either. I think he's, I think he's no. there for a long for a, for a, ride, a good ride. Yeah. And uh, about Micah Parsons and and uh, Dak, I don't know why these guys say stuff like that. I mean, you they, they, just like he just said, they got their butts whipped. They're professionals, and you should be, you know, have respect for what just happened. All right, now listen. The first hour is over. We got uh, Bernie and the uh, Tony the Tiger Sumble watch coming up in the second hour. Can you uh, can you take us out? this hour, please. Sure. An enjoyable hour, first hour here at Sports Talk, and thank you for all your calls. We will catch you on the turnaround in just a second.
6: All right,
0: start of hour number two here on Sports Talk. We'll get Pinky back on the show a little bit later in the hour. He is our special guest host for today on a stormy, rainy hail day. And if you're on the roads, be careful. I hear that the streets are flooding, and the west side of town's a mess. I don't know if the whole city's like that, but I know here on the west side, it's a, it's, it's bad. Along with uh, Pinky Arietta, Adrian Broadus. I'm Steve Kaplowitz. It's time once again for the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl Watch. As we welcome back to the show, Executive Director of the Tony the Tiger uh, Sun Bowl, and the Sun Bowl Association, Mister uh, Bernie Olivas. Uh Before we start. Sad news. Let's uh, talk about the passing of one of the all-time greats. Uh, you know this. This game uh, has a legacy, and part of the reason is uh, Jimmy Rogers, who uh, we lost earlier this week. Let's talk about Jimmy and really what he's meant uh, to the city, the game, CBS, and and everything the Sun Bowl has been about.
7: Uh, you know, Steve. Uh, you know, there's a, you know hundreds and you know thousands of people have uh, volunteered and worked for the Sun Bowl Association, but. I don't think there's anybody who who stands out more that uh, than Jimmy Rogers, and I think if it's not for Jimmy Rogers, we are not who we are, what we are, and where we are. Uh, he is a volunteer for almost 70 years. And he was instrumental in obviously everybody knows he was very instrumental in uh, securing the contract with CBS 55 years ago, and without uh, and without Jimmy, this would not have happened. He was also very instrumental in in securing our rental car tax, which which has uh, obviously you know allowed us to stay a power five a power five uh, uh, bowl. Uh, there is nobody else in Sun Bowl who has meant more for the association than Jimmy Rogers Jr. We're really going to miss.
0: He's a legend. He's one of the uh, one of the Sun Bowl legends and and deservedly so. And probably someone that uh, anytime we saw him around. The game uh, during that time, whether it was the parade, the game, the basketball tournament, the golf tournament, all the other events, uh, always seemed to have a smile on his face and uh, about as classy an act as you're going to find.
7: Absolutely. And, you know, CBS, Sean McManus, the president of CBS Sports uh, and CBS, put out a really nice uh, statement. Uh, if you don't mind, I'd love to, re- I'd like Please. to read it to everybody. And this is from Sean McManus. All of us at CBS Sports are deeply saddened by the passing of our beloved friend, Jimmy Rogers. We are so proud of our association with the Sun Bowl and to have the longest-running partnership ever between a bowl game and a television network. Jimmy deserves all the credit for the longevity and success of our relationship. He was the ultimate partner, teammate, and friend to everyone at CBS. For over 50 years, there will never be another Jimmy Rogers. He will be deeply missed, and we look forward to honoring him, on the broadcast, when CBS Sports presents a Sumble for the 56th time, a milestone that Jimmy would love. Wow,
0: what a class act that is, right there! Fantastic. Yeah. And again, it just goes to show you the impact he had—not just locally, but as we've talked about, CBS Sports with that relationship for 56 years, and Jimmy was there since the beginning. Absolutely, uh, uh,
7: not, not just you know, not only just for the sumble, he did so much for the city. Uh, everywhere you looked, he was on so many boards, you know, that made this city what it is today. He's going to be hard, you know, he's going to be missed not just by the Sumble, but by the entire community. Always has a deep debt to the Jimmy Rogers.
0: I think we uh, get the opportunity to welcome in one of our uh, celebrity guests who's going to be picking with us today. Uh, you, I'll, I'll give you the opportunity to introduce him, and I'm sure he'll probably want to share uh, some words also on, on Jimmy today. Sure, our celebrity
7: guest comes all the way from his from Columbia, Missouri. Uh, very well known, El Paso, uh, Mister Bob Stall, former uh, head coach and athletic director at our at our University of Texas at El Paso, and glad that he has agreed to to be our celebrity pixie, how he does against us three guys that uh, don't seem to do very well every week. There you go. That's right, Bob. Welcome to the uh, Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl Watch.
8: Hi guys, can you hear me
0: all right? Yeah, we can hear you, Bob. Um, as we hey get Bob, as we get things started. Give me your thoughts on uh, on just the legacy that uh, Jimmy Rogers has in El Paso and what he meant to you for all the years you were at UTEP.
8: Well, number one, we met him way back in uh, in the nineteen. What year was that when we played, Bernie? What what year did we play Texas in the Sun Bowl?
7: In the Sun Bowl. Uh, that
8: was like nineteen eighty.
7: Well, let me see. Nineteen uh, eighty. Texas played. Nineteen eighty. Oh, way back then. Uh, no, I thought it was. I thought it was a little earlier, a little later. Well, you know, you're right. Uh, I know that Texas, that Mac Brown was the head coach at North Carolina '94 when they played here. But then he a couple of years later he went to Texas. But he was there. Bef- uh, Texas was here before that, so it was in the it was in the early '80s. Well, '82, Texas yeah. played North Carolina, and that no, was the snow no, but game, right? That was, right? In, that was yeah. in the sumble. I think. Right. I think Bob, you're talking about when they played at U- against UTEP, are you not?
8: Yeah, no, no. When we when Washington played, oh, okay. And then that was that was
7: it. Then that was that was a game. When you were at Washington, not you weren't here. That was seventies, right, uh, right? In the seventies, yeah, yeah. That it, was in seventies.
8: Or like like nineteen eighty or nineteen seventy nine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we came down. it was the year after our first Rose Bowl, and uh, of course, Jimmy and John Fulmer were always right in the on <laughs> the top of everything. You know, they. Uh, that's when I first met Jimmy Rogers and uh, what a great guy he was, and so much fun, and Ian and Fulmer just did a fantastic job of leading the Sun Bowl forever, and uh, over the years, you know, he's always been a great supporter of UTEP and a really good friend, and I'm sure El Paso will really miss him. He's a great guy, really good
7: guy. Yeah, John and Jimmy—they're uh, Mr. Sumballs, like we call them around here—and we were, we were happy that we honored them as the grand, both of them as the grand marshals of the Sumball Parade last uh, last November. So glad we got to do that while they were still around. And uh, again, we're we're really going to miss Jimmy.
0: December twenty-second, <laughs> nineteen seventy-nine, Bob. That was when Washington beat Texas fourteen to seven.
8: That was the same year that earlier in January we played that uh, Michigan in the Rose Bowl and won. That was the first Rose Bowl we won, and then uh, followed it up by in December playing uh, in the uh, in the Sun Bowl, you know, stuff. So and the next year we went back to the Rose Bowl. So, wow, uh, it was a lot of fun. It was great fun. Yep. Yeah.
0: All right. Well, listen, Bob, I, I'm I'm interested to see how you pick. Uh, Games involving the ACC and the Pac-12, because that's what we normally do on this segment. And, um, you know, you think about it, Bernie went 9 out of 10 this past week. He had a terrific week. Adrian and I both went 8 out of 10. So we had good weeks. Not as good as Ronald uh, Wilson, who ended up winning all the—he uh, won the, the oh, I'm sorry, Ronald Walker won the contest, and Ronald went, uh, as usual, 10 for 10. There were several people that went 10 for 10. Yep. Holy
7: cow, there was about 10 of them.
0: Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so, all right. Yeah. So, so, Bob, no pressure is what we're trying to say. No pressure.
8: Yeah. I'm always influenced by people I know there, rather <laughs> than the teams. Yeah. But, uh, let's do it.
7: Yeah, I always pick. I always pick with my heart, and not with my brain, because I like. There's a lot of people. You're right. There's a lot of people that I know that I hope that I hope win all the time.
0: Uh, I'll tell you this, Anthony. From he also uh, took uh, took his lumps for the first time this season. That's right. Well, that's
7: right. He was way ahead.
0: Yes, he was. So, congratulations to Ron, to uh, Ronald for winning our uh, our our week four Chick Fil A Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl Selectum contest. Ronald Walker, who also messaged us on the app, finally won. Well, congratulations. We we would wish we we're like you, Ronald. That's exactly what it's all about. Week five gets started right now. So, Bob, here's how we do this. We you all you have to do, Bob, is pick the team. We will give you the point spread. <laughs> just for reference but this is not against the sp- okay.
3: okay okay
0: all right here we go we'll start it off with the friday night game louisville traveling to rally to take on north carolina state at carter finley stadium in rally nc state's three and one one and oh in the acc louisville is four and oh 2-0 in the ACC. And uh, Bob, we'll start with you as our celebrity guest picker. Louisville, for the reference point, is a three-point road favorite uh, at North Carolina State.
8: I like Louisville. I like Louisville. All right. I like Louisville. Uh, North right. Carolina State, you know, obviously was one of the favorites, but I, Louisville's really playing well. I like Louisville. All right.
0: Bob's going with Louisville. What
7: about you, Bernie? You know, ACC still has four teams that are undefeated at 4-0, no, and Louisville is one of them. Mm-hmm. But I think NC State is going, to, is going to take them out of the undefeated ranks. I am going NC State.
1: Wow.
0: All right. So there's the, uh, there's the upset, even though they're the home team. Uh, Adrian, your turn.
1: Give me the Wolf Pack. I'll take them uh, at home here in this game. I got NC State. I'm with Bob. I'm going
0: Louisville. They are the road favorites. I believe uh, Louisville has something special at 4-0. North Carolina State has not impressed me with their schedule and their results so far. So I side uh, with uh, UTEP's former coach and uh, director of athletics. I will go Louisville as well. All right. Let's go now to game number two. We're going to move from the ACC over to the Pac-12. And uh, this one should be a good one. Also going to be played on Friday. It is uh, number 10 Utah visiting number 19 Oregon State. Utah's 4-0, 1-0 in the Pac-12. Oregon State 3-1, 0-1 in the Pac-12, losing to Wazoo this past weekend. Uh, this is in Corvallis. And, Bernie, will start with you. Oregon State, three-and-a-half point favorites.
7: Oregon State is favored against Utah by three and a half. You know, I picked in. I picked games individually. I look at each game and, and, and just go with, with my gut feeling. And I after, when I finished when I finished picking, I saw a pattern, mm-hmm. and uh, I'll you'll figure out what it is right now. But I am taking Utah in this one against Oregon State on the road. I like it. All right, Utah on the road. Your turn, Adrian. Utah gives up less than 10 points a game defensively.
1: Give me the Utes.
0: I think Oregon State will bounce back from the loss uh, to Washington State, uh, especially playing at home in Corvallis where they're very tough. I believe Utah will fall for the first time. Uh, I will go Beavers on this one, which, Bob, brings us to you.
8: I'll tell you, uh, Oregon State is really playing well. Uh, that was a great game last week with Washington State. But I'll tell you something, Utah is so tough. They're so tough. I mean, they're I they're keep as. I got to go with Utah. I, just, I think they just play so tough. It's really difficult to beat them.
2: All
0: right, I'm on an island. That's fine. I'm ready for it. I hope Oregon State wins just for that sake. Uh, let's go back to the ACC and go to our next game, and that's going to be Saturday at 10 a.m. on ABC. Two and two Clemson visiting four and zero Syracuse. It'll be the uh, the conference opener for the Cuse. While Clemson zero and two in the ACC, a seven point road favorite. Adrian,
1: give me the. Uh... Give me Syracuse. Give me the orange. I like their win against Army last week. I think the, uh, the Army uh, Knights are really, really tough. They're a good team, and I got Syracuse at home.
0: All right. I think Syracuse is going to be in for a rude awakening now that conference play is going to start. Clemson was awfully close last week against Florida State. I thought Club Nick played well. I think they bounced back this week. I don't see Clemson struggling at the Qs. I will take Clemson. And, uh, Bob, that brings us to you.
8: Um, I like Clemson. I, I just they dominated. I mean, they controlled play last week against Florida and Then, you know, lost. But I, I just really think Dabo is. Uh, I've got to know him pretty good in meetings and stuff. And I think he's a great guy. And I think there's a great job. And everybody's writing them off, but they're pretty damn good. I'm going Clemson.
7: Your turn, Bernie. You're right. You know, Clemson is not what they have been in the past three, four, or five years. They are not. But I still think. They are very good, and I'm. I hate to say this, but Syracuse is going to drop from the undefeated, and I think Clemson is going to win this weekend.
0: Okay, we'll do one more game, and then we'll play trivia, and we'll come back and uh, continue our picks with Bernie and our special guest picker this week, Bob Stoll, here on the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl Watch. Let's go to um, USC visiting Colorado. The eighth ranked Trojans are four and zero, two and zero in the Pac twelve. Colorado is three and one, zero and one in the Pac twelve. It's going to be in Boulder at Folsom Field, USC 21.5-point favorites. Now, Colorado received a rude awakening last week against Oregon. I'll say that was more of a reality check than anything else. It does not get any easier this week, gentlemen, so I will take USC. I don't know if they'll cover the 21.5 uh, like Oregon made it look, but I do believe USC wins and, and wins with relative ease. Bob, what about you?
8: I'm with you. Uh... I think the uh, the hoopla is gone there, but the reality came to Colorado that they're not quite as good as they thought they were going to be. And I think USC is uh, obviously one of the best teams in the country, Southern Cal.
7: All right. Bernie, your turn. Yeah, Colorado got a rude awakening last week, and and they're still awakening right now. It's going to be just as I think it's just going to be just as bad as last week. It's a USC for sure. All right, Adrian.
1: Yeah, I've got USC. You know, the one caveat here is if Travis Hunter plays. Like, if he does play for Colorado, I do believe he's a difference maker. I think he makes it closer than we saw last week against Oregon. Uh, But still, I've got the Trojans with or without Travis Hunter.
0: All right, four down, six to go. We'll keep things moving, but before we do, let's play a little trivia right now. Now, Bernie, and give somebody a chance to win a pair of tickets to the Tony the Tiger Sun
7: Bowl. Oh, left would love to give away tickets to the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl. Okay, for two tickets for the December 29th match between at Pac-12 ACC, the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl has a long-standing relationship with CBS. Hasn't been televised on CBS since 1968, mainly in part to what Jimmy Rogers Jr. did to make that happen. And not just mainly, without a doubt, that's the reason that we're on CBS. Question is, what was the network that the Sumble was on the year before it began to be aired on CBS? Oh, I like that. The network before. The, the year DNA before yeah. that CBS started in 1968. Well, that's a tough question.
0: All right. First person in, 505-6009 that knows will get the tickets. We'll come back with more as Sports Talk continues. But first, over to Charlie one with this traffic update.
6: In the El Paso Metroplex, the first thing that we have to watch for is the rainy conditions, very rainy conditions, heavy rain coming down in most parts of the freeway. I checked from uh, Litorino all the way to Red to uh, the Archcraft area, pretty much rainy conditions throughout the whole freeway right now, and that makes for heavier traffic, you're going to be more uh, tapped, a stop at go traffic and tapping on the brakes there just all the way through the freeway doesn't matter what part of el paso you're in right now it's rainy conditions slick conditions heavier traffic than normal just be uh be aware of that also we have a crash at airport and cassidy on a crash so caution here but the main thing is those rainy conditions making it hazardous right now so use extra caution this subject brought to you by leo's restaurant 7520 remcon Celebrating 77 years serving El Paso, the famous tortilla soup, we have the Tampiqueña Top Serlo and Steak, Plautas, Fajitas, Gorditas, Chilico con Carne, and much more there. Leo's Restaurant, 7520 Remcon, Charlie 1, 600 ESPN, El Paso.
8: Back
0: here on Sports Talk as we continue, Bernie Olivas with us, along with uh, longtime UTEP uh, Director of Athletics, former UTEP football head coach, recent uh, double inductee for the um, UTEP uh, Athletics Hall of Fame, Bob Stoll, the one and only, uh, picking games this week. We are four in, and we have um, another six to go here for our Chick-fil-A Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl Selectum Contest, so... Uh, let's jump right back to the games and we will go back to the ACC for our next game. And when we get a winner on trivia, I will let people know. And we might even have a winner on trivia. I feel like Adrian's been on the phone a while. So that could be a good sign that we do have a. Yep. He's giving me the thumbs up. So we do have a winner on trivia uh, congratulations. We'll get the name here in a moment. Uh, Bernie, you asked a tough question, by the way. Well, let's repeat that question one more time and then
7: give the answer, and then by then we'll have the winner for You it. know, I always think we have tough questions, but I tell yeah. you what, we got some great listeners out there, and they all seem to come up with those answers really quickly. So the question was that Tony the Tiger Sumble has a long-standing relationship with CBS uh, and has been televised on CBS since 1968, a lot to do with what Jimmy Rogers, our, our dear friend who passed this, week, this weekend, and the question was, what was the network the Sun Bowl was on the year before it began to be aired on CBS? And the answer to that was not NBC, even though that was one of the other networks that televised the Sun Bowl. It was TVS wow. that did it in 1967. Not to be confused with TBS, TVS. TVS, yeah. Okay. Not Turner Broadcasting, but TVS. Actually, NBC was the year before that, and in 64, nobody televised in 65. NBC in '66, TVS in '67, and ever since it's been on CBS.
0: So that means UTEP's uh, last win, when they beat Ole Miss, was on TVS. On
7: TVS, that is correct. Do
0: you have a copy of that broadcast? I
7: think we do somewhere. It might be on uh, on real to real, but I think we do. I love it. Who was our winner, Adrian?
1: It was John Hogan who ended up winning this one.
7: Nicely done, John.
0: Congratulations. Enjoy the tickets. All right. Let's get back to our games. Uh, we'll keep things moving right now with a 12 o'clock game on the CW Network. It'll be played at Chestnut Hill, Massachusetts Alumni Stadium. It's going to be 1-3 BC hosting 0-4 Virginia. Uh, both teams are winless in the conference. Virginia's is 0-1. Boston College is 0-2, and despite the two teams and the lack of victories, somebody's got to be favored here. B.C., three-point favorites, Bob, heading into the Sunday afternoon game on the CW. Who do you like?
8: I don't like either one of them, (laughs) Um, but uh, um, I'm looking for a Virginia upset.
0: Hmm. Virginia upset. I like that. Is there any particular reasoning for that, Bob? For
8: that, Bob. No, I looked at their score. I mean, they're they're both really struggling right now. But uh, uh, well, we'll see. I I don't. I don't have a great reason for that. I just uh, it's it's like you look at both of them. You know, they're both struggling, and who's gonna who's gonna you know raise. You know, raise up a little bit and, and fight for themselves. And I think Virginia will.
5: So we'll see. All
0: right.
7: So Bob goes Virginia over BC. What about you, Bernie? I'm with Bob. I think Virginia's going to win. Neither team has done very well this year, but I think I think Virginia's played a little bit better. I think they've had a little tougher schedule.
1: I think so. I, I'm I'm going with Virginia. Adrian, give me BC at home. I got to go there.
7: That
0: makes two of us. I will go with BC at home as well over Virginia. All right, back to the Pac-12 for our next matchup. Bernie, you'll get us started for this one. It's going to be. Cal at two and two, zero and one in the Pac-12, hosting one and three Arizona, zero and one in the Pac-12 from Berkeley and California Memorial Stadium, uh the Golden Bears, twelve point favorites over the Sun Devils.
7: This is my upset of the week here. I am going with the Sun Devils this week. I don't know why. It is just, you know, I just need to catch up to you guys, and that's the one where I'm going to go on a limb and take Arizona State. The Bob, the
0: Bob Stoll reason. I don't know why. He's had, You have a hunch. You got yeah, a hunch, a right? Hunch, there right. it is. All right, what about you,
1: Adrian? Give me Cal. Uh, Arizona State has only beat Southern Utah this year, struggled mightily uh, in all their games. I know they've been, uh, been playing some good talent, but give me Cal. Uh,
0: that makes two of us. I will also take Cal to go to 3-2 and two on the season and win their first Pac-12 game. Bob, it's up to you.
8: Cal, <laughs> I think
7: Arizona
2: State is really struggling. I think Cal. All right, you I got have to it, say, Bob. I you to got, go out it, we got you down. one of
7: these games.
0: Next up, uh, Adrian, you'll love this. Four and Oregon, ninth in the country, taking on Stanford. One in three on the season, 0 and two in the Pac twelve. It's going to be at Stanford Stadium. The Ducks, 27-point road favorites.
1: Yeah, no question about this one. Give me Oregon. Uh, They're playing uh, inspired football right now, and Stanford is just one of those bad teams right now in the Pac-12. Yeah,
0: I'm with you on that one. I'll take Oregon to win this one in a landslide. Bo Nix looked amazing last week against Colorado. I think they continue that. Uh, Bob,
7: your turn.
8: Oregon. Easy. All
7: right. (laughs) <laughs> and now your turn, Bernie. Yeah, I think I, I think that proper word is easy. Yeah, I think it's Oregon easily. Uh, all right.
0: Uh, well, let's make it a little tougher then. All right, shall we? We're going to go with a game that I think is going to be a uh, one of the best games of the weekend. It's going to be um, Notre Dame, the 11th ranked team of the country, traveling to Durham to take on the Duke Blue Devils, four and O on the season. Now, um, despite this game being at Wallace Wade Stadium in Durham. And Duke having a terrific season, 17th in the country. They are five-and-a-half-point dogs at home to the Irish. I think that Notre Dame will go down for the second time this season. Count me as one of those on the Duke bandwagon. I like this team. They're fun to watch. They're one of the best teams that nobody in the country really knows a lot about. That will change after this weekend when Duke knocks off Notre Dame. All right, Bob, it's your turn.
8: I'm with you. I like Duke. I like Duke a lot, and I think it's. I think it's going to be a fantastic game. And um, um, I, I think. I think they're going to upset the major upset here. I think they're going to beat Notre Dame.
0: All right. Our Weather Service alerts are going off like crazy right now, as you can hear in the background. That's because a flash flood warning is in effect until 8.15. So there it is, the National Weather Service flash flood warning in effect till 8.15. Uh, Both uh, Bob uh, Stoll, our celebrity guest picker, and yours truly
7: go for Duke. Bernie, it's your turn. You know, Duke was a couple of points from playing in the Tony Tiger Sun Bowl last last year, the last game against Pittsburgh, and we were going to take the winner of that, and they came very close to beating Pittsburgh. Coach Elko is doing a fantastic job over there. I really like him. But I think Notre Dame is going to bounce back from that tough, tough loss against Ohio State last week, and I'm taking the, fi- the fight in Irish this week. All right, Bernie's going with uh, Notre Dame. That leaves you, Adrian.
1: You talk about the tough, tough loss, 10 men on the field on the final play against Ohio State. That's carrying over to this week for Marcus Freeman and this n- entire Notre Dame team. They need to get right. They need a win on the road.
0: All right, so Notre Dame for you as well. Adrian. That's right. All right. All right, let's go with our last ACC game, and then we'll wrap it up with a Pac-12 game. It's going to be 1-3 Pitt meeting 1-3 Virginia Tech out there in Blacksburg at Lane Stadium. Uh, the Panthers are 0-1 in the ACC. This is Virginia Tech's first conference game. Pitt, two-and-a-half point road favorites. Bob, start us off. Who are you taking in this one? Ah. Uh, I like
8: that. To... <laughs> I'm... I'm going to go with 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 Pitt, um, but it, it both of them are really struggling, so it, it'll be interesting. I'm going to go with Pitt. All
0: right, Bob does not feel good
7: about it, but he's still taking the Panthers. What about you, Bernie? You know, Pitts are defending Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl champion. Uh, I think Coach Narduzzi is one of the better coaches around. I really like them. Uh, they're like Bob says; they're both struggling right now. But I'm I'm taking Pitt on the road. Adrian,
1: I'm going Virginia Tech. I mean, I know they lost to Marshall on the road last week. They desperately need a victory. They lost three in a row. I mean, so is uh, Pitt going into this one? But give me the Hokies. At least they're at home.
0: I'll take Pitt uh, as well as um, you know. We heard from from Bob Stull and Bernie, so I'll take the Panthers. Adrian will be going the lone uh, prognosticator for Virginia Tech. We wrap it up with number 7 Washington visiting Arizona. All right, Washington's 4 and 0, 1 and 0 in the Pac-12, ranked 7th in the country. Arizona's 3 and 1, 1 and 0 in the Pac-12. Uh they are 18 point home dogs to Washington. Now, I already think I know where Bob's going on this one, but I'll save that for the end. Uh Bernie, you start us off. Who are we taking here?
7: I think the Huskies I think this one is one of the – I wouldn't call it the lock of the week, but I'm pretty sure this is going to be – I think they're going to cover 18 points. I'm taking the
1: Huskies for sure.
7: You feel good about that. All right.
0: Washington from Bernie, your turn, Adrian.
1: No question about it. Washington might be the best team in the Pac-12, maybe even in the country right now. The way that they're playing, I like the Huskies in this one.
0: I love Washington. I don't think there's any question uh, about what's going to happen here. And Bob, uh, being uh, you know he's he's had lots of ties to Washington football. Does he throw us a curveball or does he stay true to form? Let's find out.
8: I think Washington might be the best team in the country right now. They're so explosive. They're so explosive. I mean, they score in a heartbeat. If You watch them. Was it what forty-five points the first half last week? Mm-hmm. I mean, I, there's no doubt. I mean, again, I'm interested how they how they finish the season. But I think they're I think they're one of the best teams in the country, if not the best. I think they're pretty Washington. good.
0: All right, Bob takes Washington on this one. Uh, by the way, we are all over the place this week for games. If you notice that, uh, we're very close in our overall standings, but chances are that's going to change after this weekend, isn't it?
7: It's definitely going to change. We're all like I said, we're all over the place. And you know, I, I you know I picked the teams one at a time, not looking at everything else. And I just I realized what after I finished picking that I picked all visiting teams except one Really? Yeah, when i look looking at this I picked every road heavy road team to win. Wow. except for except for Louisville Okay. And, and, and NC State, so I like. That.
0: We'll
1: see how that works out.
0: That should be a lot of fun. Adrian, do you feel good about your picks this week? Because I don't.
1: So right now, you and I have a one point advantage over Bernie. So this, I don't feel good about anything right now. This yeah. is so tight. We all of us have uh, scores that are really similar right now through what four, five weeks in the season.
0: Yeah, I agree. Four weeks. This will be week five. You're right. And uh, Anthony uh, from Chick Fil A also yeah, had a. Yeah, and
7: I got. I got to see how many uh, with the point total for all our. Celebrities, see if we beat the celebrities this year. Mm. we got to get what they score every week, and That's I didn't bring true. it with me to see how, they, how the celebrities, even though they're, they're all different, yeah. we'll, we need to see what, how they're doing against us.
0: Bob, before I let you go, tell us about what it was like for you emotionally here a few weeks ago when you and the 88 team were being honored uh, at halftime and getting inducted both uh, for yourself individually and with the 88 team into the Utah Athletics Hall of Fame. Well,
8: the great thing was we had almost 50 players back and uh, they had such a great time. I mean, they were up till two o'clock every night just talking, 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 and they brought their families. Uh, It was really, it was really, they really did a nice job with it too. Uh, Darby and and their whole staff center, they they did a really nice job. It was, it was a lot of fun. It really was. Um, It was, it was a, a really good experience for all of them. And and I said they, it was great because they're all done really well, and their families were there, and it's the beautiful families. It was just, it was just great. It was fantastic. So, well, by the way, uh, I was at the Chiefs game yesterday, so uh, Taylor Swift and we kind of hung out together for a while there. You know, stuff, so, <laughs> did you see
0: that I did and I, and I was wondering if you were in the background uh, in the Travis Kelsey box I think that would have been fantastic when she was banging on the window after the uh, touchdown if you would have been right next to her that would have been like the greatest shot of all time Bob
8: well we were with we were with um, all the the coaches families and and right by uh, Tammy's Tam, we were next to the Tammy Reed's box and stuff too I thought she might be up there she wanted to she was with Kelsey's you know, with uh, Travis uh, box, but uh, I mean, that's all anybody could talk about, you know, was, with, <laughs> with you know, you're watching him, and Travis only had like two catches before his touchdown, they were pretty much locking him in, you know, and of course all the other receivers had great days, but uh, so it was, it was a lot of fun though. It really was
0: especially since there's three former assistants from that 88 team that are now all on that chief staff. How incredible is that for you to see your coaching tree extend so far into the NFL?
8: Oh, it's great. Plus, Magnola, he spent a lot of time. He would come every year and uh, spend at least a week or or two during spring with our practices when he was at different schools. And then uh, at Missouri, our second-to-last year, he was in, in Europe, the European team, and it went defunct. So he, rather than go home, he came back and stayed with Steve Telan, which was on our staff, and he worked with us for five weeks. So that's how I got to know Andy uh, really well. And what's really funny is there's the new defensive line coach is a name Joey Cullen. And just got there, I'm going, Joey Cullen, that name sounds familiar. And I said, I think we had Joey Cullen at, at UMass. Well, sure enough, I went to the spring, the, their practice, the OTAs. And I was in Plagel's uh, office, and and in comes Joey Collins. He says, "You gave me a scholarship." It's <laughs> so our first year at UMass. We gave him a scholarship, Joey Collins. He's the new defensive line coach. So it's there. There's five guys there that you know that we know. It's a lot of fun to go there to visit. So.
0: Oh, that's awesome. That is awesome. Well, listen, great to hear your voice. Thanks for coming on with us and come back and talk to us again soon,
7: Bob. Thanks, Bob. Thanks for doing this. Okay, Appreciate
8: uh, it. Hey, that was a tough day. I bet nobody gets all these right this week. That was no, a little bit tougher schedule. This was
7: the toughest week I think we've had because they're in conference now. Yeah. Before, when non-conference, non-conference games, you can pretty easily pick the power fives against their, their lesser opponents. But now they're in the conference, it's getting a lot tougher to, to pick these games.
0: I You're agree right. with you, for sure. All right, good job, Bob. We'll talk soon.
7: All right, we'll talk soon. Thanks, Thanks Bob. Go UTEP. Thanks, Bye-bye.
0: Bob Stoll, folks, uh, Hall of Famer, and uh, joining us here on the program, Bernie. Anything before we wrap things up here on our Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl watch?
7: No, like I said, now that they're uh, now that the both conferences are deep are getting deep into conference play, they'll we'll start uh, will start screening them out and see uh, and see which group of teams will be uh, eligible to come play here in the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl on December twenty ninth. This is this is when it's the uh, the season starts getting pretty exciting for us, and we start really looking at schedules and results and standings. Uh, but I think the fact that they all, both conferences, did very well in the non-conference game is going to give us a couple of teams that might might be eight and four. You know, normally we're a seven and five, six and six team uh, a bowl game. But I think we're looking at eight and four teams from both sides.
0: Maybe we get a six and six Colorado team? You never know.
7: You know, we would we would. Uh, I think that would be it. Deion
0: Sanders would it, be, would be just be, fine. Right? Yeah,
7: I think we would do well with Dion. I think with so too. Prime.
0: Talk to you next week. Thanks so much,
7: Bernie. Thanks, Steve. You got it.
0: Uh, Bernie Olivas, folks, uh, joining us every single Tuesday at this time. When we come back, Pinky will rejoin us, so will John Teicher, and we'll get you ready for UTEP football with Dana Dimmel coming up top of the hour, 600 ESPN El Paso.
6: In the El Paso Metroplex, uh, rainy conditions out. Airport of Cassidy, we have a crash. But aside from that, I'll take you to where the heaviest rain is and the heaviest backup and slow-moving traffic is right now. I-10, around Red, Mesa, the uh, Asarco area, that was uh, very rainy, very slow. That's uh, not so much there anymore. We still have the rainy conditions there on the west side, but where we really have the slow up right now is from Porfirio Diaz all the way through that uh, central corridor, all the way through to the east side. We're talking the Spaghetti Bowl area. You're bumper to bumper all the way through to Geronimo, to Airway, to um, Lomaland, Litrovino, all that area right there. You're almost bumper to bumper Very jammed up traffic right here because of the rainy conditions, slick conditions, just that rain coming down and just making it very hazardous and poor driving conditions right now. So just keep that in mind. This subject is brought to you by Leo's Restaurant 7520 Remcon. Leo's has a full service bar, the uh, flautas, fajitas, gorditas, chicken de mole, chile con carne. Leo's Restaurant 7520 Remcon. Just drive safely in the rainy conditions right now. Charlie 1600, ESPN, El Paso.
0: Final countdown here on Sports Talk as we continue uh, with more of the show. You know, if you're looking to buy or sell your home, there are so many agents who will tell you that they can uh, get results. But Brian Birds of the Brian Birds Home Selling Team, powered by eXp Realty, delivers every single time. And so many reasons why trustworthiness, experience, effectiveness uh, gets you top dollar for your home uh, at your time. And that's what Brian Birds, my friend, can do for you. It's what he did for Corey. When uh, she thought about selling her home, You know what, Brian was the first person and the only person that came to mind because he uh, helped her buy that house 17 years ago. In fact, Brian's team listed her Northeast El Paso gem for $197,000, and just like that, the deal was in motion. Just a few days later, her home was under contract for over-asking. Another success story from Brian Birds, who can give you options like a customized marketing plan, first-rate pricing strategies, and a proven buyer-finding system. Talk about peace of mind. There's only one person to call. That's the official real estate agent of UTEP, El Paso Paso Locomotive FC, and the Rhinos, the only agent I would call if I needed to sell my home. Call Brian Birds today, 751-1500, online at com or Google Brian, B-U-R-D-S, and start packing.